There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast with me, Holly Johnson, and my co-host, Gabriella Clark. Each week, we'll be bringing you all the latest vegan news, as well as interviews with some of the top names in veganism. So welcome to episode four of the Simply Vegan podcast. Um, Hi, Gabriella. How are you? Hi, Holly. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. uh, Apart from all the news going on (laughs) this week with lockdown and everything. Um, but yeah, we've um, something nice that's happened today is um, a lovely package from Hotel Chocolat that, that came through. I know you're still waiting for yours to arrive, aren't you? Which is a bit annoying. Yes, but I'm living vicariously through you today. So tell <laughs> me about them. I've seen the pictures and I cannot wait to hear what is ahead in my mouth. <laughs> so Hotel Chocolat have just launched... Um, two boxes of vegan chocolates um they're calling them groundbreaking collections um and I can kind of you know it's not exactly an exaggeration because it's one thing that's really missing in the market I don't know about you but I really really miss sometimes just sitting down watching a film and just you know just scoffing some chocolates Mm. (laughs) and not you know not having to kind of you know it's just not the same is it with dark chocolate I don't find you kind of have a few squares and then it's quite rich so that's kind of enough but sometimes you just want a treat or you want to buy you know a friend a present um so there's two boxes uh the sleek star is 22.95 and includes 27 chocolates and the H box is $12.95 and includes 14 chocolates. So there's everything that you'd expect from a good old-fashioned box of chocolates. You've got different shapes, you've got different textures, you've got some with um, like a, a creamy, silky, salted caramel centre that kind of melts in your mouth. There's a really nice um, sort of tart, sweet um, raspberry and nut milk ball. Um, there's a couple of truffle style chocolates, one's hazelnut praline and one is a pecan. And I, I really like the pecan one. 
Um, my favourite out of them all is a huge baton, which has crunchy peanut butter and nut milk with this, uh, with cornflakes. It's really crunchy and creamy and delicious. Yeah, definitely gets a thumbs up from me. I know it's not um, a cheap option, but I think with Christmas coming up um, and obviously, as we said, lockdown, I think it's something to perhaps treat yourself to or someone that you that you love definitely and although mine hasn't arrived yet and I especially can't wait for it to arrive now you've described the (laughs) corn flake and peanut butter one but I actually popped into Hotel Chocolat a couple of weeks ago um that I'd received a five pound voucher for my birthday so I thought I'd go in and treat myself and I was really impressed with their vegan offering not just how easy it was to shop in store everything was clearly labeled as vegan wasn't a case of having to read ingredients um but also you're not just left with the classic only dark chocolate and I think you mentioned their nut milk but they developed that in a bid to have a chocolate that tastes a bit closer to your standard milk chocolate. So I was really impressed with their offering. And again, with you describing the flavours, it's a box of chocolates where you're interested to try every flavour and it all sounds quite different. It's not the samey dark chocolate. Yeah. And I think it's great to have a box like that, that you can take like you say, as a gift or for a dinner party, just something a bit more exciting than a couple of plain bars. So definitely well done to Hotel Chocolat. It's a great piece of vegan innovation, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely recommend them for anyone <laughs> who's been missing chocolate. Um, another great launch this month um, and something another again another gap in the market certainly where I've got a 14 year old vegan daughter um oh I've got them here just rattle around a bit they are um vanilla flavored marshmallow dandies um and they're a really nice big size yeah perfect for bonfire night I mean obviously we won't all be going out to the firework displays I guess this year um, but if you know if you're kind of toasting them in the garden over a, um, a fire pit or something they're perfect and they're as I said they're in um, Asda now and I think Holland and Barrett as well which makes them a lot more accessible than than some of them did you try them Gabrielle? I did try them so these arrived in time so I uh, opened them last night after dinner and I was really impressed I have to say I'm not a huge marshmallow lover and um, but I really liked them to me they had a slightly different texture um but in a positive way they were a little bit less soft than say your traditional marshmallow yeah but they were delicious and I actually attempted to toast them over a little tea light in my uh, (laughs) house because I love toasted marshmallows and they toasted really nicely really delicious flavor so I was really impressed I don't think apart from maybe a slight textural difference you'd really be able to to notice too much of a difference between a usual marshmallow and great for great for kids who you know there's something so such a novelty about toasting marshmallows especially this time of the years okay so as we were saying we are going into lockdown on Thursday in England how did you find sort of being vegan during the last lockdown to be honest it didn't really 
affect me from a cooking or food perspective if anything it was a slight bonus because we lost our commuting time so we were already home my partner was working anyway um but he works very locally so we were home earlier and able to make dinner earlier so spent it a lot of it trying out new recipes or taking the time to cook things and then eat earlier than we normally would so actually we found lockdown take one encouraged us to get into a better eating habits both in terms of how early we ate and how much time and effort we put into cooking dinner and I think it's quite nice if you're both home early enough that you can perhaps cook together or make that part of your your self-care ritual especially if you know usually you're used to going to the gym or a yoga class or swimming or any other activity that is perhaps on hold using something like cooking to come together as a family or with your partner or even on your own just to create some time away from your desk especially if your home is now your workplace as well really good opportunity yeah that's a really good point actually I um I know a lot of people during the last lockdown myself included started using sort of local delivery services so um we had a local farm that we'd never heard of before that suddenly everyone started using um to get their veg and it kind of reignited my um, passion for using Riverford uh, veg box deliveries. And now yeah. I just wouldn't be without them. And I think it's fantastic um, to just every Monday I know that I'm going to sort of open it up. And there's my sort of three or four boxes of all my staples. We, we kind of go for, you know, like apples, oranges, pears and the, the salad items and then, you know, staples like potatoes and carrots and things. And it's just really nice knowing that I don't have to worry about it. It's all plastic free. It's all organic. And it forms obviously the basis for all our meals. Mm. Um, it's nice kind of having different veg delivered because then you can sort of base your meal around that. So for example, um, you know, if we get delivered quite a lot of kale, then I'll just look up recipes, you know, or look through my cookbooks. And um, it kind of inspires you to sort of cook a little bit differently, doesn't it? Or, mm. or different dishes than you'd usually cook. And I think any way you can support your local businesses, especially over the next month, you know, some businesses were just starting to find their feet again. And now we're back in lockdown especially at a key point you know this lockdown falls over Black Friday and Cyber Monday it's a big trading period so anytime we can support local businesses be it food or gifting or alcohol chocolates or flowers whatever we can do is really important yeah one of my uh, lockdown tips was going to be um, to pop to your local independent bookshop and treat yourself to a new cookbook before we head into lockdown I think it's a really nice way to find um, something new to focus on during this month and maybe just once a week picking a recipe that you haven't cooked before really helping you to see ingredients in a different way cooking something special and getting rid of that kind of food fatigue of thinking oh I've got four weeks stretched out ahead of me at home where I can't go out for dinner I can't meet friends at a bar so making that cooking at home feel a bit more special yeah that's a lovely idea actually I think 
you know when it, especially on a sort of Friday or Saturday night taking the time to to cook something a little bit different or special it's a really good idea Definitely. And I would love to recommend a cookbook that uh, we have just bought recently. It's called The Veggie Chinese Takeaway Cookbook. So it's 70 vegan and vegetarian. So it's not 100% vegan, but almost every recipe, if it's vegetarian, has um, a way to veganize it. So we have yet to come across a recipe we've wanted to cook and haven't been able to. Yeah. Um, so the veggie Chinese takeaway cookbook, and it's absolutely fantastic. This type of food is my favorite type of food and the recipes are so easy to follow, really delicious and generally make use of everything that we already have in the cupboard. Yeah. A nice way to um to use up some of the staples. That sounds great, actually. That's one I don't have. I do have an awful lot of vegan cookbooks from my time on Simply Vegan magazine, um, but I don't think I have that one. So I'll have to have a look at that. It's brilliant, and I have to say, we had a a chili tofu ramen from here a couple of weeks ago. We have cooked it every single week since, and I've shared the recipe with three friends. Well, my mum, my brother and two friends who none of them are 100% vegan and it has become a firm favourite with them as well. So really great book. Lovely. Thanks, Gabriella. So, I mean, it's hard to look ahead to Christmas at the moment, isn't it? Mm. Um, We obviously don't know what's going to happen. We're hoping we'll be out of lockdown and we'll be able to at least, you know, gather with a few family members. (laughs) I'm praying (laughs) Fingers um, crossed. Yeah. But um, this week, Derek Sarno, who we spoke to in episode one, has released some food trends for the sort of year ahead. And in there were, were products sort of mentioned um, for Tesco that are coming out this year, which is very exciting. I, d- I don't know what are you I mean, if, you know, we obviously don't know what's going to happen, but what are you planning to have for your Christmas dinner? Do you think you'll you'll make something yourself or sort of buy the centerpiece from from a supermarket? I have to say, usually in years gone by, we have bought the centerpiece, as it were, from a supermarket. Um, last year we were actually traveling in India so our Christmas dinner looked a bit different but the year before we um, used a Linda McCartney I think it's called a beef wellington but obviously not actually beef yeah um, which is a really it's a great comfort food substitute Um, but I think looking ahead and seeing that the supermarkets are looking to create more of those centerpieces is excellent because you know the likelihood is as a vegan you might be around the table where everybody else is tacking into their turkey and so rather than being left with everything but also having that centerpiece to tuck into is brilliant yeah, the um, Tesco Christmas Report 2020 is actually saying that veggie and vegan centrepieces will be more popular at Christmas this year ahead of beef and lamb for the first time ever. So, I mean, that's just wow. amazing news. Really thrilled Incredible. to hear that. Yeah. So they're, they're launching a plant chef meat-free roasting crown made from wheat protein, um, which looks really good. And um, I've spoken to Derek and he's promised us that he's going to send out um, some of the Christmas 
dishes for us to try, Gabriella. So that's another thing to look forward to. Wow. I'll be rolling into the new year at this rate. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully we'll be able to tell all our listeners, you know, whether they're any good or not. Um, And obviously, you know, there's lots of other things coming out at the other supermarkets as well. Every year they seem to get more innovative with um, their offerings. So that's exciting. I think it's great to see not just the demand from customers, but the commitment from supermarkets as well to deliver a variety of choice for vegan options. And again, you know, 80% of the time we are cooking at home with vegetables and pulses and beans and making them the the center of our meals but on special occasions or when the rest of your family are eating something um say like a christmas dinner or maybe um around christmas like a boxing day buffet or something like that it's really nice to have the options to go alongside it i follow a, a deli called um how on earth in exeter um I'm not sure why, because I don't live in Exeter and it's it's actually like an over an hour away from me, <laughs> but <laughs> it just looks so nice. Um, and they are offering um, nation, I think it's nationwide delivery of their uh, meat replacement products. And they're doing a turkey crown that looks really good. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that's worth a look as well. Again, supporting uh, smaller businesses. Definitely. And then in the same news story, again, you can read more on the veganfoodandliving.com website. Um, But from Wicked Kitchen, we've got more desserts launching next month, including a chocolate and cherry dessert, chocolate orange sundae and a passion fruit panna cotta, which sounds lovely. Love panna cotta. So, yeah, whatever happens, we're going to have plenty of nice food options <laughs> to keep us going through the festive season even if it's not quite um, as it usually would be I'll have to make sure I'm getting out for my daily exercise <laughs> to combat <laughs> all of these vegan treats this is the problem isn't it all the cheese and the, <laughs> and the chocolate if you're concerned about your health and well-being during the next lockdown our sister title planet mindful is filled with self-care advice Try three issues for £5 today by visiting anthem.co.uk forward slash SVPLM20. Next up, I chat to Heather Russell from the Vegan Society. Hi Heather, it's lovely to be speaking to you during what is now World Vegan Month. Shall we start by discussing the history of the Vegan Society? to start especially given that it's November Um, so this year we're actually celebrating our 76th anniversary Um, so the Vegan Society is the oldest vegan organisation in the world um, and that's because our founders coined the term veganism way back in 1944 Um, so I know a lot of people think that veganism is is a modern thing um, but actually there are quite a lot of third generation vegans out there and and quite a lot of people who are members of the vegan society are, are older adults so um so yeah certainly uh, although it's a movement driven by younger people it has been around for decades yeah so was it uh, donald watson wasn't it that started it yeah so donald watson was one of the founders of the vegan society um so obviously we're very grateful to all of those uh, people who 
got together and decided to uh, to break away from the vegetarian movement back in the 40s um, and of course establish a, a way of living that you know it's not just about diet it's about uh, lots of different aspects of, of the ways that we live and, and trying to avoid animal use as much as as practical and possible in the decisions that we make must have been quite revolutionary at the time especially you know wartime when you know it's sort of almost about survival wasn't it rather than thinking about you know sort of saving animals or anything like that so it's quite incredible really yeah it is when you think back um we have a lot to to thank those early vegans for um because now of course it's so much easier to be vegan um you know even in the last few years things have changed um you know beyond measure uh, people who've been vegan you know even for say 10 years have seen massive changes um in how easy it is to to make vegan choices on an everyday basis yeah definitely so how did you come to work with the vegan society um so about uh i think it was four and a half years ago um, the vegan society advertised for its first dietitian uh, which was a very exciting development um at the time i was working in the nhs as a dietitian and i'd gone vegan about a year before um and i thought wow this this could be my uh my ideal job um, and the rest is history as they say um, so yes yeah, so I spent about the last four and a half years using my dietetic skills to support the work of the vegan society. Fantastic so what prompted you to go vegan? Um, I'd say I was sort of 50-50 uh, for the animals and for the environment. Um, I read a really good book by Jonathan Safranfauer called Eating Animals um, it's, it's not a book designed to, to turn people vegan but um, by the time I got to the end of that book I thought yeah I, I do really care about um, helping animals and I really care about the environment and I try and do things all the time to help those two causes um, and it just really made sense to me once I got to the end of that book that I should actually reevaluate some of the, the dietary choices um, that I was making which is where I sort of started my vegan journey um, and then certainly working with the vegan site opened my eyes to lots of other ways in which you can make more compassionate choices in your everyday life so um, so yeah it was that definitely had a big effect um, on my vegan journey sort of one year into it. Do you feel that a vegan diet is healthy for people of all ages? Um, in terms of the health side of things, uh, the main message that we try and get across is the message that we share with the British Dietetic Association. Um, so that's that well-planned vegan diets can support healthy living in people of all ages. So um, I guess the key message is with any way of eating um, is, is nutritional planning, uh, which doesn't sound too exciting. Um, but I think it's about translating that into um you know, bringing that to life for people, um, translating that into enjoyable food and, and sort of how to actually hit your nutrition targets on a daily basis. So how, how would you recommend we plan our, our diets sort of on a weekly basis or, you know, should we be making meal plans for each day? Um, I think if if you're the kind of person who enjoys meal planning and um, then looking ahead um, at, the, at the week ahead can really help um, and certainly if you're new to a vegan diet I do recommend sort of maybe uh, spending a few days writing down what you eat and drink um, and actually taking a bit of time to do a bit of research and just have a think about um, what the guidelines are around healthy vegan eating and, and how you're doing at the moment um, and, and just sort of gradually taking steps towards um, you know making sure that 
you know you've covered all the bases and uh, we actually have on our website that's geared towards this um, called meal planning uh, so if anyone's sort of listening and they're you know they're wanting to either review their diet or perhaps they're at the start of their vegan journey and there are lots of resources on there to help you to work through that process so just understanding a bit about the the nutrition that that underpins that term well-planned vegan diet and also having ideas about how you can actually make that work for you in terms of enjoyable breakfasts and, and lunches and dinners yeah I guess the key is variety isn't it just making sure you've got all those different colors on your plates and and all the different food groups yeah that's definitely a key concept so I think there's a lot of evidence emerging um, that you know everyone doesn't eat uh, a wide enough variety of foods and obviously fruit and vegetables are, are particularly key um, and there are obviously lots of other big food groups as well that make up a balanced diet um, as well as having some knowledge of um, how to use fortified foods and supplementation selectively in order to hit your nutrition targets too yeah so how do you feel about supplements then do you think they're important uh, so it's a really good time of the year to talk about supplements um, because from October to March, it's recommended that everyone in the UK uses a vitamin D supplement. Um, but a lot of people might not be aware that most vitamin D supplements um, are, you know, potentially have ingredients in them um, that aren't suitable for vegans. So, for example, a lot of vitamin D is animal derived. Um, so it is important for vegans to be aware um, that uh, vitamin d that's found in vegan supplements is either d2 or it's d3 from lichen um, and there's also other aspects of supplementation to be aware of that are more sort of vegan specific if you like um, so b12 i think is one that gets a lot of air time um, so you can get it from an adequate intake of fortified foods too but a lot of people find that it works best for them to use either a daily or a weekly supplement um, there are also a couple of minerals to think about as well um, so iodine is one of them um, it is becoming easier to get that from fortified plant milk we've had quite a lot of um, sort of reformulations over the last few years so if you've got a good intake of plant milk um, you can use a product that has iodine added to it so say like half a carton a day um, would be a good intake um, alternatively you can use a supplement that contains um, either potassium iodide or, or iodate to make sure that you're getting enough iodine on a daily basis and then the other mineral to think about is selenium as well um, and that tends to be different depending on where you live in the world because the levels of selenium in our soil do vary quite a lot depending on location and so it's not so much of a concern for vegans living in the US and Canada for example but more of an issue for vegans living in Europe um, and a supplement can be a good way of guaranteeing that you are getting enough selenium on a daily basis. Okay that's really interesting thank you. So I mean, when you talk about fortified foods, I know you talked about plant milks, but what other fortified foods are there out there? Yeah, so I think um, plant milk can play a really uh, important role in vegan nutrition. Um, so if we sort of start with that particular type of food, um, if you look at the Eat Well Guide, which is the UK's healthy eating um, guidelines we've actually made a, a vegan version of it that's available on the vegan site website um, but you're looking to replace dairy with uh, foods that have a good amount of calcium per serving um, and that calcium um, is also good in terms of absorbability um, so swapping from say um, uh, dairy milk and yogurt to fortified alternatives can help you to maintain your calcium intake 
and um, so that can work really well for some people obviously not everyone's a fan of of super milky things so um there is also a soya and linseed bread for example that has extra calcium added to it that's really handy if you have say bread on uh, on like in the morning uh, some toast for breakfast and then maybe a sandwich at lunchtime um, and also there's certain types of tofu that are calcium set um, so if you're someone who enjoys tofu and um, that's something that you can use um, in your diet to to really enhance the amount of calcium that you're getting on a daily basis um, although not all tofu is calcium set so you do have to look for evidence of calcium in the the list of ingredients um, so those are some of the the best plant-based sources of calcium um, and in terms of other fortified foods um, fortified breakfast cereal and that's that can sometimes help to contribute to some of your nutrient intakes although vegans do have to be aware of the vitamin d thing again so um, unfortunately some manufacturers don't label their cereals very clearly so sometimes you have to ring customer service but um, some cereals do contain animal derived vitamin d um, but there are quite a lot of cereals that um, are suitable for vegans that are fortified. So, for example, um, iron is something that can be quite um, useful to obtain from a fortified cereal, um, particularly if you pair it with, like, say, um, you know, you've got some heat up some frozen berries and use that as a sort of like topping in the morning. So you've got that vitamin C from the berries and then the iron in the cereal um, and that vitamin C helps to boost the iron absorption. So that can be quite a good uh, combination to go for in the morning. Yeah, it's a really good tip. Thank you. So I've always wanted to ask a dietitian what they eat on a daily basis. <laughs> I find it really <laughs> fascinating what other people eat. Um, so, yeah, what's your sort of average day like? You know, what do you have for breakfast, lunch and dinner? Uh, you're definitely not the uh, the only person who's been interested to ask me that. Uh, but yeah, I love talking about food. So um, I'll, uh, I'll gladly run you run through a typical uh, typical day. So um I tend to either start with um, a toast or cereal in the morning, um, unless it's the weekend and then it's, it's probably some kind of cooked breakfast. Um, but normally if I'm having toast, um, my go to is, is usually peanut butter. Um, I'm a massive fan of peanut butter. Um, so I tend to have that with um, on some toast with maybe like some orange slices on the side. Um, and then if it's a cereal day, um, usually um, it's some kind of uh, either like a porridge or um, an iron fortified cereal I tend to to go for um, and then I, uh, I use the the berry uh, topping that I mentioned earlier so heat up some frozen berries um, and sort of top my cereal with that um, as well as usually um, trying to take the opportunity to get in some omega-3 fat as well um, so at the minute I'm a bit obsessed about shelled hemp seeds um, but I also use some chia seeds at times as well and um, so that makes sure that I get a good amount of essential omega-3 fat. Um, lunchtime uh, if I'm having a boring lunch it'll probably be red pepper hummus with some uh, dipped with some oat cakes um, and some carrot sticks and then an apple. Um, a lot of the time it's leftovers as well because um, my my balanced diet relies a lot on batch cooking so I kind of find an evening in the week where I've got a bit more time um, and then usually make some kind of tomato base um, like chili or pasta sauce um, 
or curry um, and usually throw in like beans, peas, lentils and um, trying to make the, the most of those protein sources, which I think are really superstars of, of vegan nutrition um, as well as being really economical as well. Um, and, and often I'll sort of make a, a big lot of that and then and then eat it the next day. Um, it's nothing better than having like a home prepared ready meal when you're really busy. Definitely, yeah. And I suppose are you working from home at the moment? Yeah, so uh, so I'm working from home at the moment. So um, yeah, that's definitely had an impact on on what I eat because uh, my uh, my colleagues aren't um, you know aren't around me, so uh, that doesn't influence the things that I'm eating, which sometimes means I'm missing out on uh, some of the like Friday treats, for example, that I used to used to enjoy, um, which yeah, that can be a bit strange at times, and um, and obviously. Um, you know there isn't the option to sort of nip down the road to grab a sandwich or something so um relying on stuff that I've, that I've got in the house um so so yeah that that makes a uh, it does make a difference um and if i if i need a top up of my vitamin and mineral supplement as well i can't um sort of go down to have a chat with one of my colleagues i have to actually uh, get it through the the post uh, like like everyone else as well um so so yeah it's it's made a big difference so what about dinners? What are your favourite? I know you mentioned curries and stews and soups and things like that. You, you quite like sort of hearty, hearty dinners. Yeah, I think hearty is, is definitely the uh, the right word to describe my dinners. Um, like under normal circumstances, um, I do a lot of uh, climbing. So um, I'm having to kind of like fuel quite a, an active lifestyle, um, try to, to get in quite a bit of yoga and, and go for walks as well to compensate for, for all the time spent at home. So um, so yeah, having to kind of make sure I get in plenty of energy. Um, I'm also a bit obsessed about uh, making sort of noodle broth at the moment. Uh, so I use a bit of miso um, and then sort of make a broth with uh, tofu, um, which is definitely something I, I never really used to, to eat before I went vegan. But I have to say I'm completely obsessed about it now um, with some like whole wheat noodles. Um, and usually just like uh, like carrot and broccoli are, are pretty much almost like daily staples for me. I, uh, I really love those vegetables. Um, so, so, yeah, some kind of greens and, and carrot is often what gets thrown in there as well. Yeah. it's really it's really warming especially at this time of the year yeah that sounds really good I love miso <laughs> <laughs> that umami flavor don't you from it mm. um okay so if if you were to offer advice for anyone thinking about going vegan or or taking up the 30-day challenge that, um, from the vegan society for world vegan month what what sort of three tips would you offer them um oh top tips okay um first of all I guess um it's good to sort of uh think about the support side of things um so some people might have support like within their own network um certainly when I went vegan I didn't know anyone who was vegan so looking back like I definitely wish that I'd spent more time kind of trying to uh reach out to the vegan community in in other ways um and obviously that like doing being able to do that online is even more important at this point in time um so i think kind of just kind of having an idea of you know if you're struggling a bit like who you might be able to turn to um obviously we have loads of resources on the vegan site website um, and people can get in touch with the charity as well if they need some support um, there are lots of uh, social media groups out there where you can find out lots of interesting information about uh, products that are available and, and ask questions and uh, so I think like support is really key for people because uh, you know it's quite a big package of changes to be making um, 
I think maybe tip two would be taking it like step by step and also taking it at your own pace as well. Um, you know, a lot of people would actually spend quite a long time kind of working towards a vegan lifestyle. Um, I, you know, it's all about doing it in a way that suits you. Um, certainly from a diet point of view, it is good to take it reasonably gradually. So, um, you know, maybe you could work on breakfast for the first week and sort of have a look at, um, you know, different ways you can replace animal products, like, you know, experimenting with different fortified plant milk, for example, um, trying to kind of get like a, some balanced and tasty ideas for breakfast time, um, playing around with cooked breakfast options at the weekend if you've got a bit more time. And sort of working through, so maybe the next week you look more at, at lunches, for example. Um, also making sure you wash all of that uh, plant-based food down with lots of fluid as well, because going vegan often means that you eat more fibre. Um, so it is really important to drink plenty of fluid as well, because it can take our bodies a bit of time to adjust to that, because um, obviously you can often make quite a lot of dietary changes in one go. Um, so I think that that's important. Um, and as I said earlier, I think it is good to maybe keep a food diary for like three days or so, um, just to sort of take a step back, like have a quiet few minutes where you actually think, OK, well, this is what my diet's looking like at the minute. Um, you know, these are the tips I've read on the Vegan Society website. You know, maybe like here are two or three things I could work on over the next month and then kind of set a date in the calendar and, and come back to it again and think, OK, how am I doing this month? Like, how have I done with the, you know, the goals that I set myself the month before? And and just sort of like, you know, try not to, to do everything at once. Um, I think sometimes that's in our nature that, you know, we want to kind of like get everything sorted all at once. But actually, um, in terms of the long term, sometimes it's it's better to just take things step by step and break down, you know, the steps of the journey into into more manageable chunks. Yeah, well, that's brilliant advice. I, I certainly sort of did it all overnight. And um, I think my stomach <laughs> wondered what <laughs> was going on. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely not alone. <laughs> yeah, it took a little while to adjust. But I'd say, you know, for anyone um, who is struggling with anything like that, keep going. It does get better. I feel fantastic now. What's your opinion on sort of meat replacement products? Would you advise vegans to to eat them as part of their sort of daily or weekly diet or would you avoid them? Um, I think this has been a really interesting topic, um, particularly over the last year or so. Uh, we've seen a lot of product launches. So um, there's a lot of stuff out there, both, um, you know, in eateries and also from shops as well. Um, it is a very broad product category. Um, so it is important to have a bit of nutritional knowledge at your fingertips to sort of try and work out what are sort of um, you know better choices um, and of course it depends on how often you eat them you know if you're the kind of person who maybe has like a plant-based burger once in a blue moon um, but generally doesn't use meat replacement products that much then you don't need to be thinking about nutrition as much whereas maybe if you're sort of working them into a balanced diet and it is something that you enjoy eating on a weekly basis then it is going to have more impacts on your nutri nutrient intakes um, so for example if you look on at the ingredients of some meat replacements some of them are based quite heavily on lower protein options which can be a problem um, so protein often comes hand in hand with other nutrients like iron and zinc um, so if you do use a lot of lower protein products to replace meat um, you might actually find that you're having an effect not on 
not only on protein but also on other nutrients like iron and zinc as well which you need to sort of to protect and think about so um for example if you eat a lot of very potato based meat alternatives like you can get some kind of fingers and burgers and um, that actually don't have much good quality protein in them at all um also mushrooms they're brilliant in terms of um like texture like a bite um but actually you'd need to be thinking about including other foods in your meal that are good quality sources of protein um, to make sure that you're getting a good amount of protein, iron and zinc from your meal. Um, and also jackfruit, for example. Um, so that's, again, not a source of good quality protein. Um, so really a sort of looking um, at products that contain good amounts of things like lentils, peas, beans, um, soya, uh, vegan corn, for example, seitan. Um, so those would be the products where you'd get um, better better protein. Um, so it definitely depends on like what else is involved in the meal. Like it might be that um, that you know something else that you're having with it might be your protein source. So for example, if you had quinoa, that's actually quite good for for protein, and so you could pair that with a lower protein meat alternative. Uh, and of course, because because when you're looking at processed products, you do have to kind of think about, well, how much added fat and salt and sugar is there? So um, you can look at the amounts per 100 grams and compare products and just keep an eye on um, added salt, for example. Um, some meat replacement options can be really salty. Um, so it can make a, a big difference to your overall intake. Um, and that's something that, you know, is a real sort of risk factor in terms of um, people living long and healthy lives. Um, it, you know, it's one of the biggest risk factors for health. So salt's definitely something that, that everyone needs to think about, whether you're vegan or not. Um, and in terms of, you know, whether people choose to have those products in their diet, I guess it depends on, um, you know, their, their preferences. Um, I know vegans in both camps, so vegans who don't touch meat alternatives because they just find it, um, you know, they, they hate the idea of it um, and people who love it as well. So uh, it's something, certainly something that can definitely feature in your diet. Um, but some products would be, you know, more appropriate for having regularly and other products um, that are maybe saltier or higher in fat and sugar, uh, maybe lower in protein, you know, maybe those aren't products that you want to really rely on for your nutrition across the week in the most of the things like uh, you know the chickpeas the beans the lentils um, tofu products like that where um, you know you're really getting um, you know some kind of um, standout sort of nutrition from them so for example uh, beans peas and lentils can count towards one of your five a day um, so that's you know they're really good food to kind of have in one of your meals because you're already on the way to your five a day by just having that um, featuring in your daily diet so um, you know stuff like that is is really sort of um, you know as I said they're sort of superstars of vegan nutrition and definitely look to sort of eat those less processed products more often um, and then you know enjoy some meat alternatives um, if that's something that you you know you enjoy and that um, helps you to you know make the most of, of an enjoyable vegan diet yeah well thank you so much there's some brilliant tips there for um for new vegans or anyone that's following a vegan diet um how can people get involved with world vegan month yeah so um if anyone's interested in um, getting involved in World Vegan Month, um, we have our 30-day challenge that you've mentioned, and we have a whole uh, app dedicated towards it called VGuide, um, so people might want to check that out. Um, we've also released some uh, content for World Vegan Month. Uh, for example, there's some new content on our Live Vegan for Less campaign, uh, which I think is a topic that's becoming um, more and more important at the moment as people sort of 
look for ways to you know get what they need from a vegan diet um, but without um you know spending huge amounts of money on it um, so we have loads of tips about economical options um if you're if you're vegan and um i've written a whole blog on on food tips actually on the website which you might want to check out um and also for nutrition stuff um you can go to vegansociety.com forward slash nutrition um so if you need to sort of have a look at any resources around healthy eating and different nutrients um do check out those resources um and of course get in touch with the charity um if you need any any extra support and we'll uh, we'll do our best to uh, to support you through world vegan month and beyond well that's it for episode four join us at the same time next week when i'll be speaking to tammy fry director of fry's family foods Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 